Imperial soldiers in Xeon, so we are certain to be victorious in this war! Scum Buckets and welcome to Scum Talk, the official Fetty Scum post show taking over your RSS feed. I'm your host as always, Zach Amory, and tonight we welcome back the stars of the show, Cat and Shadow. Hey, what's up everybody? Hi. I'm Shadow. I was pretty good. Thanks, man. Not bad, not bad. When I blow up and go to Hollywood, you know, I think you'll slot in as host just fine. But just so we got it on record. Sweet. What's up, Scum Buckets? And welcome to Scum Talk, the official Fetty Scum post show now taking over your RSS feed. I am your host, as always, the White Shadow. And tonight we welcome back the stars of the hunt for the gray phantom, Zach and Kat. Y'all say hello now. Hello. Hi. Very good. Very good. And today we are here to cover season three, episodes eight, nine, and ten. I was down in Alabama shipping all y'all's shirts to you. We couldn't get that other episode in, so we're making up for it now. But before we go any further, I got to hit y'all with some programming reminders. The next merch drop is coming soon. You thought we were doing just one shirt? One Zaku Bell Classic Deluxe in black? (laughs) No, we're doing a bunch more. We got a brand new design coming your way and a colorway for the Zaku Bell. In addition to patches, stickers, and all sorts of other etceteras. Keep your eyes peeled. Hell yeah, that's right. Keep your eyes peeled and your wallets open. Yes, and your credit card information saved, ready to go. You also have the new Fetty Scum bonus episode, The Hunt for the Gray Phantom Part 2, where we travel along with Tiny and Lone Star and see what their misadventures in the Titans was before we started up Zeta Scumdom. You can get access to that at patreon.com slash deadsetmedia. We also have stress test dropping on the 8th. You can hear the three of us on that episode, plus Dallas, plus Maveny. We're doing part two of our Magical Girls series. It's fantastic. It's fabulous. We look forward to seeing you there. All right, now that I've reminded you of what you need to be programmed on, we're going to hit a recap. We're going to hit the Q&A from the Patreon, and then we're also going to hit the sit-down one-on-one-on-one Interview. Are y'all ready to get this episode jumping or what? Let's do Let's it. Let's fucking do it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. All right. And transition. All right. Episode eight opens up with Holden and Capri fending off their attacker, Rolo Castain. Capri shoots his ass. Capri then also shoots Holden right before Holden catches a knife thrown by Rolo with his shoulder. Bashir, <laughs> what's the odds of a big vein right here and i point at the knife um yeah that's uh uh it looks like a kitchen knife all the way to the hilt i i i uh to the hilt fuck you (laughs) oh my god (laughs) thankfully holden is still high on painkillers and cold medicine meanwhile the rest of the crew is finishing up their mobile suit fight cinco sees a flashlight going off in morse code mad gun spots federation reinforcements attacking the saint sebastian 
and Nihilus flips his IFF code, while the rest of the suits have to dodge a barrage of missiles as eight new mobile suits enter combat. Commercial break. After the commercial break, back inside the St. Sebastian, Holden tries to bait Rolo into thinking he is going to assassinate his two compatriots for $10,000. A landmine floats towards them, and Capri has a new type vision and saves Bashir, Holden, and herself from being jellyfied by said landmine. The trio make their way to the hangar. Holden and Capri get into their suits before Capri smooshes Rolo in his shuttle to death. The two then launch out into the battlefield right as the saint Sebastian regains power. All right, and that was episode eight of Fetty Scum. Hey, do y'all think I missed anything? Not that I know of. Sounds like you nailed it. Of course I did. I'm the White Shadow. <laughs> All right, we're going to pick it up with episode nine. Guess what, everyone? It's a battle episode. The recently repowered Saint Sebastian fires a barrage that takes out three of the eight attackers. Fern debuts the wolves in sheep's clothing protocol. I raise my long-range beam rifle, the little lens, and the camera reflects the light for a split second, but nobody notices. In my cockpit, I take aim and I and I say, Harold, disengage wolves in sheep's clothing. <laughs> and I was badass good naming i, I couldn't oh, yeah. believe i didn't name that that was sick yeah i got chills when he said that shit that was really good i had to make sure i didn't give him that idea and just forgot um <laughs> mad gun goes on open comms and uses his presence to get an enemy or two to flee yeah and then they just finish fighting you guys know how a fighting episode goes yeah back on the ship everyone links back up before the saint sebastian reaches levy and roll shout outs french and that's going to be a commercial break after the commercial break the crew essentially being on shore leave zach goes to retrieve bashir from the fridge giving him a piggyback ride to the cafeteria holden and long dak are both wearing the unofficial gamestop uniform of cargo shorts and a zelda shirt and lawn praises holden calling him an uppercase ace holden is super cool about it they head to the cafeteria together Capri and Eddie Vedder sneak off to get a peek at a suspicious container. Dak fanboys out and picks Holden's brain about the one-year war and his exploits. Capri fulfills her cyber new type girl destiny and falls for the siren song of this giant prototype suit before Eddie stops her from entering the cockpit. Wolf is approached with an offer to make even more money than with the AUG. Mad Gun is drinking alone when he is joined by someone and he contemplates the meaning of all the fighting. That is episode nine to the best of my recollection. What do y'all think? Fucking nailed it. Was that guy's name really Eddie Vedder? Did I miss that? I swear to God, isn't that what he said? It's hard to it's hard to tell sometimes. I don't know. I, Dude, uh, if he did say that, I don't know how I missed that. That's funny. I'm pretty sure it is Eddie Redcon. Vedder. Redcon. It's Eddie Vedder now. Yeah, it is now. I don't know. Well, I just made an executive decision. I know it's Eddie. It's Eddie something, right? <laughs> yeah, if we're wrong, leave us a comment, Adam, so we can ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then this is where I would recap episode 10, but episode 10 was a Halloween episode and I can't recap it without spoiling it. So why don't y'all at home recap it with your earballs? And that's all the recap that this dude has got in him. You did good. Oh, thank you. This is what I live Proud and breathe for, audience. It's just just, you know, virtual figurative gold stars from Zach. What is what I do it your for. balls across the internet right now. Oh man, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <Good> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, or cool, that's cool, or whatever, I guess. Yeah, yeah, whatever. 
Yeah, nothing. Don't let's not make it weird. Speaking of not making it weird, I think it's time that we head over to the Q and A questions coming exclusively from our patrons on the Patreon and the Discord. What do y'all think? Let's do it. All right, I'll race you guys over there. Three, two, one, transition. All right, and welcome to the Q and A section. We're gonna open up with questions coming from the Patreon directly, starting with our boy James A. Clear. Digging the season so far, Zeta is my favorite Gundam Thank series, you. though I do have to ask when the transforming mobile suits. They're coming. They're coming. I swear. Just keep watching. Keep listening. That's an Adam question. It is an Adam question. Transformers are coming. Coming soon. I think Zach's nailed it. Yeah, it, they're coming. Just keep listening. Keep giving us your money. Mm-hmm. Keep consuming the product. At the end, you'll get Transformers or whatever the fuck you just said. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Scumbuckets roll out. All right. This next question comes straight from I am now a Zach Simp. Sorry, Dallas. Welcome to the right side. I am now a Zach Simp. Sorry, Dallas wants to know. Cat, how does it feel to be the one to interact with the creepy mobile suit? Uh, Exciting. You feel powerful? I think things are about to start amping up. Hell yeah. You ready to be the uh, flighty... Uh, you know, cyber new type girl of the series. I was born for this. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's the right attitude. Uh, next question. Zach, my beloved. Yes, darling. How does it feel to no longer be the one dealing with the eldritch abomination of a mobile suit? Well, my love, I think it would be a load off if it were anyone else but Cinco. He thrives in the danger place. So this is actually a worse scenario. Someone he really cares about being in the danger place instead of him. So it's kind of a problem right now. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be really scary for him because I, I definitely could see where uh, loans. I mean, Cinco Venus would be like, let me be the one dealing with the scary psychological horror of a mobile suit. Hell yeah. Hate having to watch somebody else do it, I'm sure. All right. And that's all the questions we got from the Patreon this time. But hey, there's always next month. So let's take it over to the Discord. Questions coming straight from our patrons over on Discord. Which you can also get access to when you join us at patreon.com slash deadsetmedia. We will see you there. And I found the beginning of the questions. <laughs> Took me a little. <laughs> nice, dude. This question comes from Lady Aster. Aster wants to know, Zach, how do you make shit posts like fur and breaking and subwoofers hard sound so good? Well, Aster, any piece of art is easy with the right muse. And mine is an image of Fern <laughs> shaking his head in disapproval. But yeah, as much as annoying Fern inspires me, I also just get excited by the idea of surprising fans with things they don't expect, you know? And that shit did go hard. So that's what that picture hanging above your bed was. Because when I came over, I saw that and I kind of was confused. But I wasn't going to enter your house for the first time and start going, hey, who's that guy up on the wall? Yeah, it was actually a series of pictures to give the illusion of him shaking his head. Yeah, it gives the whole experience is right there. I loved it. I thought it was great. And now I know what Fern looks like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Beautiful man. Tar- target acquired. This question comes from moderator Elk. Elk wants to know, Zach, what's it like playing Cinco Venus, given your previous experience with Lone Star? <laughs> it's often very hard to not fall back on character traits from previous characters when playing a fully new, different person. How do you make the two feel so wholly distinct? Well, when I play Cinco, I just have to humble myself and remember that I'll never live quite as fast or kick quite as much ass as Lone Star. It all just falls into place from there, yeah? Yep. Shit, that's beautiful. Okay, all right. This question comes to us from new patron, Caffeinated Beverage. Caffeinated Beverage wants to know, Cat, what made you want to play Capri as a cyber new type? Additionally, who's your favorite 
cyber new type from Zeta? Um, so I love Zeta. I love Zeta. It felt like it felt like reality. And I feel like I've said this before, so I'm sorry if I'm like rehashing this again. But like, honestly, I love Zeta. It felt like drama. It was like action. There was like romance. And one thing about me is I love romance and I love a romance arc for storytelling or like at least like some kind of tension in that way. And, you know, there was like the weird thing between Camille and four. And so four is my favorite cyber new type. Hell yeah. CB also wants to know, Zach, is it at all possible for a cover of The Winner from 0083? Actually answered this in the Discord. Also, welcome. Welcome to the Discord. And yes, to remind you, yes, that will happen. Just keep consuming the products. <laughs> no, but that, that actually will happen. I actually can say for sure that's going to happen. What a capitalist slay. <laughs> right, this world's not going to take over itself, all right? That's right. Uh, also... Caffeinated Beverage had a compliment for you. Really loved your cover of Encounter from the third 0079 movie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. And for those who haven't heard it and are interested, just search Fight Your Foes on your favorite music platform and it'll be there. And it's also free to download on Bandcamp. Beautiful. I love it. This question comes to us from cast member Furrin, race car boy, Cat. How TF do you perfectly play Capri as the kind of person I cannot deal with at all? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Take a second yeah. to think about it if you need to. No, I mean, it's like, dang, it's like a compliment, but also it just means that I'm annoying and I don't vibe with that. It seems like annoying furin just comes naturally to all of us. Yeah. It does. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to have to be brattier in my future to keep it up. And every time he gets pissed off, I'm going to remix it. That sounds like a plan, Zach. Yeah. And I will say, you know, um, not to compare everything to myself like a true narcissist, but I bug the shit out of Fern and I rule. So I think it's like a good sign. You know what I mean? <laughs> sounds like you're doing something right to me. All right. We got a follow up question from caffeinated beverage. Zach, when it comes right. to going between serious and comedic, is it ever a struggle? Yes. Next question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes it is. Uh, for the most part, though, I try to avoid consciously thinking about striking that balance. And uh, I just try to focus on my character's motivations and relationships with the rest of the team. My characters tend to be silly and kind of cocky, but they all really love their teammates and want what's best for them. So... I usually let those factors guide my decision-making if I can't figure out how else my character fits into the scene. That's beautiful. Thanks. All right, this question is for the both of you coming from patron Logic Block. Question, do you think you'll actually get to use your mobile suits this season, or will Adam just have you exploring ghost ships this entire time? Yes. Next question. The dude wants to know, patron the dude wants to know, cat. How does Capri mm -hmm. compartmentalize PTSD versus CTSD? The C is for current. <laughs> current trauma versus Stress past disorder. trauma? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure how to answer that one. I mean, she... I mean, there's, like, what's happened to her, and then there's, like, what's presently happening to her, and honestly, it's all kind of a lot. Um yeah. I don't think she has had space to really think about it. I think that's something that we'll start seeing unfold in like the next couple episodes as she just navigates 
having to deal with it or how she isn't dealing with it. We'll just have to see. Mm. It also seems like the P and the C are kind of like fused together, kind of jumbled up because of all the new type stuff you're dealing with. Yeah, I think it's it's like the past is present, but the present doesn't really she's not really present in the present. I think she's like really untethered right now and like where her relationship is with time. So I think that's why it's really hard to answer. Yeah. And I think we all look forward to seeing that getting explored. Speaking of exploring, Chris wants to know, do you two do any warm up exercises before recording an episode to get into character or just for vocals? Shadow, say red leather, yellow leather, rubber baby buggy bumpers. <laughs> uh, Zach, keep those fart jokes coming and I'll keep making room for them. Let me get my part out of the way. Red leather, yellow leather, rubber baby buggy bumpers. You're welcome. Very nice. All right. Very very nice. Warm up talent. exercises. Much talent. Oh, uh, you know, uh, um, the best. <sighs> but they want to hear from you too. You guys do anything like that? Well, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I don't. My only warm up exercise that I do before I record the podcast is like, oh my God, I did something really cool today. You want to hear it? <laughs> and then I tell about yeah. it. Or I'm like, Oh my God, these people are bugging. You want to hear about it? I guess my only warm up <laughs> is that I fucking vent. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like the only warm up that we consistently get to do, which is like, you know, testing our microphones, making sure our recording stuff is going smoothly, and then just kind of talking, pre recording conversations and stuff like that. Um, it's all about the tea. Yeah. Yes. Other than that, though, I mean, Sometimes I'll do vocal warm-ups in the shower if I have time and drink some some tea. I like that uh, traditional medicinal throat coat tea. Medicine, man. Well, if we're talking about teas, oh. I just want to mm -hmm. do a quick sidebar and just say that um, Elk gifted me some teas. And they're the ones that I drink probably the most. And like one's like a hibiscus tea and that's really nice. And then the other one's just like a green tea. But sometimes I drink that. that if my voice yeah. is feeling a little meh. I feel it. Also, thank you, Chris, for appreciating my fartistry. I'll keep God squeezing them out just for you. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That amused Thanks. me. Very nice. I know nobody asked me, but I do the Dewey Cox thing uh, before every recording session for stress test. I and even this show, I, I sit and I contemplate my entire life from birth to present, uh, the good, <laughs> the bad and everything in between uh, just to make sure I'm in the right headspace. So it sounds like you guys are way more efficient than I am. Honestly, it takes me hours. I was contemplating for four hours earlier today before we started this recording. That's why I didn't even have food. That's why I was so hungry. I was Damn, just dude. so lost. And retracing my steps because, you know, sometimes if you want to know where you're going, you got to know where you've been and how you got here. You know, and we'll be right back. Amen, brother. It's going to take longer every every time you do it because you're getting older and that's more time you got to retrace. That's honestly how it's worked out, dude. That's honestly how it's been. When I was 20, it was only a two hour process. It's starting to get um, <clears throat> exponential at this point. Uh, the dude wants to know to both. That's you guys. Okay. What were your favorite characters to play, including GF20 and Stress Test, if applicable? Ooh, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. Kat, why don't we start with you? Okay. Uh, well, it's really hard because I'm crazy and I have different <laughs> moods. And so it's like I like to be different characters when I'm in different headspaces. So 
Um, I can't really pick a favorite because I need the variety. Um, I don't know. I've put a lot into all of my characters. Um, so I'm not, I don't know. I don't know who I would pick. So that doesn't answer your question, but there let's, you go. Let's say, let's say the, the Gundam ones are all tied up. That's fair. What's your favorite stress test character then? Oh my God. <laughs> stress test. I don't know. Bev. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good answer. Good answer. All right, Zach, let's hear it. Well, the first cut's the deepest, so Lone Star's probably always going to be my favorite. But, uh, damn, if I had to pick one from Stress Test, that's a fucking tough one, dude. I got a lot of bangers. I got Slimy Dancer. Classic. B3. Classic. Master Stifu. Classic. Gargalon Mineshaft. Classic. Mm, I don't know, man. Uh, It's only, dude. You know what? I'm going to go with B3. I feel like she speaks to me, you know, that's that's the real me coming out in podcast form. Bad bitch Bethany. Yeah, bad bitch Bethany or big bad Bethany or big beautiful Bethany. There's a lot of bees that describe her. So mm-hmm. it's really just whatever. Whatever the mood is feeling at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. This question comes from patron and server booster Haunted Doll Rowan. Wants to know, Zach, what are your favorite Gundam opening and ending songs? Also, what composers of anime and gaming music have had the biggest influence on your own music? Favorite opening theme would be the winner from Stardust Memory. Uh, favorite closing theme, probably Forever Amaro from the original series. And I don't really have, at least not to my knowledge, any major musical influences from anime, but... I uh, got a lot of them from video games. Uh, there's, of course, Nobuo Uematsu, Koji Kondo, Yuzo Koshiro, who did the Sonic the Hedgehog theme and the Streets of Rage games. Grant Kirkhope did Banjo-Kazooie, GoldenEye, Donkey Kong 64. Classic. And uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but it's uh, Manami Matsume. She did, like, a lot of the Mega Man series. Not sure. It's, you know, yeah. we're, we're, you're close enough. Those are the ones I can think of. I'm sure there's a lot more, but yeah, I love video game music, so lots there. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Cat Rowan wants to know, how does it feel having both of your characters be on the receiving end of a classic Adam Mindfuck episode? How do you plan on getting back at him for it? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love the drama. I feel like Adam and I are both in a corner laughing maniacally together. Um, no, it's good. I like to I like to be pleasantly surprised and I like to be challenged. And uh, that definitely happened. <laughs> I mean, I think it's rad. We're all stoked to see what you guys cook up with this. Every time Adam, I mean, like, I don't I don't really want to get back at him, but sometimes I like to, like, play ball a little bit. And so if he throws something at me, I, I uh if I can think of something, I'll throw something at him and it's like Uno Reverso. <laughs> yeah. Can you give like, me an example? Well, I don't know. Am I allowed to do spoilers? For something that you recorded and hasn't come up yet? No, it already came out. Oh, well, yeah, this is for people who are current. This is a, a post Well, show. the whole Cav situation. Yes. That, oh, that's, yeah, that's when true. I did that Uno Reverso. That was a curveball. He freaked out. Because he was just like, I'm like, oh, you're going to have a cab? I'm like, hmm, hmm. You know, the hamster wheel started turning and I'm like, I've got something up my sleeve. So. Hell yeah. And if you're listening at home and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know what they're talking about. It's because you're not current on the bonus episodes because you're not on Patreon.com slash Dead Set Media. Fix that ASAP. 
come back to us when you're ready. Speaking of being ready, so not an anime wants to know, Zach, could you tell us about hit band Drink One, Maybe Two? Well, yes, I can show. Drink One, Maybe Two is the 90s pop punk and alternative rock sensation by Dallas Welk and yours truly. We recently had our debut show in Montgomery, Alabama, and we'll be playing more shows in the Southeast very soon. And we'll have some recordings online in the near future. So stick around for that. Very cool. Follow up question. How do you think Cinco and Capri's relationship is going to evolve going forward? So far, he's been having a somewhat hands off approach to things. Do you think he'll try and step in as a role model for her? Hmm, That's a tough one. I think that was his instinct at first, but he's starting to catch on to the fact that one of Capri's main inner struggles right now is trying to gain some semblance of control in her life. So he's trying to back up a little bit and give her some space. And of course, that's going to be really hard for Cinco. I mean, on one hand, he wants to prevent her from falling into the same traps that Ras Marco did. But on the other, he doesn't want to smother her or push her away. So he's just going to hang back, keep a watchful eye on her from a distance, and be there when she needs him. Solid answers. Show Not an Anime wants to know, Cat, being the rising star of Zeta Scumdom, do you feel any pressure? You have a lot of story hooks hanging around you, after all. Also, could you tell us about your, your coolest, latest art piece? That's a lot. Um. Okay. So I was feeling pressure like a little bit ago with like trying to get a feel for Capri and like, like I already knew there was like a lot on the horizon, but now that it's getting closer to like things happening, I've like really fallen into like a rhythm um, and like feel for the character. So I don't really feel the pressure anymore. I just feel like anticipation and like excitement for like, all the stuff that may or may not happen just because it's exciting to kind of be in a place where you're like sure of yourself in a character and like just waiting for things to get thrown at you and just like sparring back a little bit with like whatever happens. It's kind of fun. And for the art. Oh my gosh. I mean, like I'm in my last year of graduate school for art right now. And it's like, when am I not making something crazy? I'm literally like half, dead and deranged uh from being in the studio like almost six days a week so um right now i'm learning i I don't know anything about computers but right now i'm trying to learn about i bought a raspberry pi and i'm like programming a jukebox for an interactive like art installation and so i've made like a a body out of like a jukebox body out of like cardboard and i've painted it and it's like really cool and now i'm just trying to like learn like a little bit of coding just like enough i mean there's already like a skeleton for the code and everything but um yeah i'm i'm trying to make like interactive art so it has more of like an evocative feeling when it's in the gallery space so that's what i'm working on right now that actually sounds really cool we'll see everything's so in flux right now it's kind of like i have really great ideas but can i actually do them time will tell yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, this one tags up onto that. Elk has another question for you, Kat. Kat, how does it feel having your toes dipped in so many different slash interdisciplinary artistic endeavors between narrative podcasting, sculpture, printmaking, gardening, even, etc.? You've got uh, quite a lot on your plate. Creatively speaking, that touches a lot of different skill sets. How do you keep all those plates spinning lol? That is an excellent question. And, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm like ADHD and 
impulsive in the way that if I don't have a lot or almost too much going on, I cease to do anything at all. And so to keep everything in momentum and motion, I just literally have like almost every hour of my day spoken for with some kind of like, you know, like from from like nine to here, I'm going to be like reclaiming screens and screen printing. And then from like 11 to three, I'm going to be like slip casting ceramics. And then, you know, then I have to drive commute an hour to school and then I drive home and then like, and then I'm like, okay, well now I'm going to like record a podcast. And then I'm like, okay, but now I'm going to like, I don't know. It's fun for me. Like it sounds chaotic, but like I'm a very chaotic individual and I, I exist well in this like chaotic realm of like too much going on it's like i really thrive when there's too much going on as opposed to nothing it's it's so weird it's like can't you have a little bit of not too much going on and do well and the answer is like i don't think so <laughs> yeah. so um i don't know i'm just always scheming of like i have like a really i have a love for material and i mean that as vaguely as possible so it's like you know, like in my past, like I have done a lot of different creative pursuits and I find them fulfilling. But I find that if I stagnate and, and concentrate too much on like one kind of creative avenue that I get burnt out or I feel like I'm not contributing anything to my life and then it doesn't really interest me anymore. So by doing like a little bit of creative things like in so many different places i've i'm constantly feeling fulfilled maybe a little stressed but um it's not a bad thing that's exactly what we tune into this podcast for nice answer why didn't i try eating during that one God, i'm such a scrub <laughs> um oh, that's really cool of you to share i think everyone who knows that about that aspect of your life is always kind of like oh, i want to know more this seems so rad like making like giant milk cartons out of like plastic and stuff. You know, I've seen your work. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, every time I talk to any, any of my friends, including you guys, people are like, what? <laughs> it's pretty neat. I'm like, oh yeah, this was my week. And they're like, <laughs> excuse me, but like, weren't you just doing this other thing? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's already over. I'm doing something else now. Didn't you just get done making paper with like reclaimed <laughs> yeah. mattresses or something? Uh, I, I, I do make paper. I, I started collecting like confetti last year whenever graduation was happening. And like there was like all this like litter that was on the ground around like our bell tower on campus. And so I started like, I don't know, it was weird. It was like kind of like anthropology, but like I would go out and I would like collect trash or like ephemera from a site and then i would like put it in a ziploc bag and i would like put the date and like location and honestly that itself felt like art and like i might explore that again in a later series but i um i recently went back through those baggies that i like cataloged like the ephemera from like places and i cut up the confetti even smaller and i did put it in some paper pulp and pull some sheets and that was kind of fun and you see where where other people see trash, cat sees art. That's that's what's up. Well, I just see like the remnants of like human existence or like I'm I'm constantly always trying to capture like fleeting moments. And so I'm like, well, what do we hold memory in? But like the objects that we used when we were in space of having memory. And so I thought, okay, well, like the trash or like the ephemera of like the places where like 
said memories are happening is is like the closest we get to like something tangible when it comes to like emotion of something so holy shit i don't know how to follow that one up that was really good no pressure god damn uh i i i sit and i think a lot <laughs> about what the fuck i'm doing that was the most art major thing I've heard in years. So I'm pretty stoked off that. That was a good ass answer. <laughs> English okay. majors take notes. I might be completely full of shit. <laughs> like I said, is the most art major thing I've heard in years. <laughs> I'm kidding, cat. I'm playing. I'm no, kidding. it's okay. I I know that I operate on a different frequency sometimes than most people because I, I can tell when I'm losing people when I start talking about something and it's like, that's okay. I'm just, I just feel so deeply all the time about everything and it's, it's hard to communicate all that. Oh, it can be, but you, sometimes you just got to live your truth, you know what I mean? And express your lived experience. I know exactly what you're talking about. Speaking of knowing exactly what they're talking about, new patron pancake, welcome again wants to know for both zach and cat what has been your favorite narrative arc in the whole run of fetty scum zach let's start with you uh definitely the final arc of season one same it's got an epic as fuck climax a bittersweet kind of cliffhangy finale but at the same time it leads all of the developments from the previous arcs to their logical conclusion and it drives home what i think is the central theme of the series which is the endless cycle of the tragedy of war and i love how it emphasizes that by having the main characters actually break the cycle it's like the one time in the series where love wins in the end i love that and i agree uh cat what do you think what's your favorite narrative arc in the whole run of fetty scum hmm, there's a lot of different flavors but i think i i felt the same way because there was just so much tension and for it to like have this like big like rise of like anticipation and then like it to just play out and it feel like somewhat like resolved i felt like that was really fun or it was just really satisfying to like play through a character like that and it's like i'm really excited that i get to like reprise tiny now and like new stuff but it's like if that would have been it i think I would have been happy and it's like I don't think that often you get to play a character to a point to where you're like I'm actually okay where this ends if I never get to play this character again. Yeah, I agree. Oh, you guys did a hell of a job. Ain't no doubt about that. I love it. Thanks, man. Okay, this question comes to us from Slim Jim Venus. What's up, fellow Venus? Cat, do you see any of Tiny and Capri? Could Capri have become a Titan or a similar rank in the EFSF? Or do you think she would have been too hard set in her morals to continue down that path? I don't know. And the only reason why I say I don't know is because I have made the same mistake twice where I have made two characters who are headstrong. Or I think Capri's a little bit more headstrong than Tiny because Tiny isn't necessarily headstrong. She's just like, she's sure of herself. Whereas Capri is like wanting to be sure of herself. So there's like, you know, like they're two like really strong female characters. And I have given them like a lot of like things that I admire and people and also like things that are just like part of myself because I'm lazy. Efficient. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but uh, like I don't it's it's hard to say because they they both are like motivated by being like good but I think that their motivations while like they're both soldiers and they're both like kind of 
into that like glory or finding glory, you know. I don't think that they're like similar. Like Capri doesn't really have vices that she leans on. You know, I don't really find that Capri is like as apathetic towards people, even though she doesn't have empathy. I, I think that they um I don't know. I, I I don't read them to be similar. I think like it's just both of them being strong women, sometimes they make similar decisions. Like I would say they're both yeah, feminist and you know, whatever that means. Right. They're they're different women, but they both don't need no damn man. Yeah. <laughs> they both have independence and if that reads similarly then i don't know no i think i think the similarities come from you know the, the similar inspirations maybe but yeah they're different people for sure and i mean like god everything like so much of it is like i have like a general feeling of like what i want a character to be and like i mean zach can speak for the same way it's just it's just like improv it's like you're just kind of like writing out what you are feeling in a situation or like trying to you know, improviser act. And, and, you know, I, I think that since it's so automatic and there's not like a lot of thought going behind like dialogue, like I could see where I'm pulling from similar wells yeah. within myself to like fill space or whatever. So yeah. A little behind the scenes, uh, info for the people at home. I, for the first time, casually in passing watched legally blonde over at, uh, Dallas and cat's <laughs> house. And even just the parts that I watched, I feel like I way better understood every single one of your characters. Uh, like it all started clicking for me. I started to really see the, the yeah, the inspiration. Legally Blonde, the secret inspiration to all of Fetty Scum. Exactly. So I, I definitely me. get what you mean. Shout out to my homegirl, Elle Woods. Hell yeah. Zach, Slim Jim Venus wants to know, how often does Venus think about Rast and Copilot? And do you think their voices in his head would have pushed him out of the Titans eventually anyways? Oh, yeah. He thinks about them every day. Duh. I was just going to say, those are his boys. Those are his boys. <laughs> um, the boys. But, yeah, he thinks about them every day. And uh, he has conversations with them in his head, even. And those could be new type connections or just his imagination. But either way, they're both like a guiding force behind most of his moral decisions. So I think they definitely would have. There's still a presence they, in his life. Arguably have pushed him out of certain situations he would have found immoral. No spoilers. Ooh. Ooh, that's intriguing hey follow-up question from me um how does cinco venus know co-pilot he's been dead for quite some time now <laughs> all right next question all right next question comes from space space says okay so i have one for zach it's not a question but i just wanted to say thank you thank you for blessing us with what you did with cav hell yeah and for context for those who don't know or may have forgotten i got cav in a speedo that was my greatest <laughs> achievement in this podcast you're very welcome space anything for a fan and anything to make cab take his clothes off <laughs> amen brother lady astor wants to know cat how does it feel to have one of the best emotional arcs of anyone in fetty's gum twice you know it is like kind of crazy because it's like i did that little old me did that yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know it's kind of surreal because i I'm like the most confident self-critical person ever. And I'm just like, um, I'm constantly surprised by like, like the cool things that come out of being in this podcast with like people that I trust. And so I think that, um, and what I mean by trust is like, I think that there, 
sometimes when I take it there emotionally, like I'm really just feeding all the energy of the scene, but I don't think I would be able to like get to those kind of places if I wasn't like recording with people that I felt like I could be vulnerable with. So, um, it's like a really nice mix of, of like the energy is there with like the cast that I am able to like go places like that. And I'm just happy that I'm like allowed the space to like do something like that. And, um, it's just, it's just like a creative thing for me. It's like, how far can I push this? And like, where will we end up? And like, how will that affect things? And it's, it's just been really, um, creatively fulfilling to like play those emotional scenes. So yeah, well, I, I agree with the assessment and I think you've absolutely crushed it. And one last question from haunted doll Rowan haunted doll Rowan wants to know for both. If you could with the, how about what then yeah, what could, with the, how about what then, um, how, well then when the, how do it, you know, okay. and then you do how it, when it go mm-hmm. simple as that. All right. And that looks like that's all the questions this month we got from all the patrons. Thank again, everyone, for your questions. Excellent job answering it, you two stars. Thank you. Aww. Thank you. Podcast it's superstars. That is what you are. And guess what we're all going to do together right now? What are we doing? What are we doing? Transition. <laughs> Okay, and now it's time for the sit-down one-on-one-on-one interview where we... Wait, what? What's that? HR, why are you looking at me that way? You want me to... Oh, my God. I'm sorry, folks. It looks like we're going to have to cut this segment this week, unfortunately, but we will resume the one-on-one-on-one sit-down interview next time. I'm going to table these questions for the next time I have these two on, and we'll get it popping then. All right, I'm putting my pants back on next time. Next time. And with that, I think that's an episode of Scum Talk, specifically season three, episode eight, episode nine, episode 10. Uh, do y'all have anything you want to plug? Kat, let's start with you. Uh, plug? Um, what about that merch store, Shadow? Yeah. Everyone go over to Big that's Cartel right. Dead Set Media. Good thing. By the time you hear this, we should be at least, a, we should be a couple days away from launching our new products available for pre-order our new products available for purchase right now and y'all can get your hands on a zaku belt classic deluxe if you haven't already but while supplies last they won't be around forever so make sure you get in there get your order done okay nice job that's right and i would like to just add to that by plugging the dead set media website deadsetmedia.com there you'll have access to all of our podcasts our music our merch, our Patreon, you name it. So just go to deadsetmedia.com, click on what you like, and it'll take you there, I promise. It'll take you there. It might even take you to one of those transforming ooh, robots we are talking about. Earlier. You gotta go check it out to find out. Excellent plug, you two. I'll make sure your bonuses are in the mail shortly. Cha-ching. Yeah, other than that, uh, you know, I'm gonna plug stress test, because stress test rules. And I get to be a character on there. And I really love our Magical Girl series that we're putting out. So make sure you go get caught up on that shit. Listen to the new episode. It was Hell my yeah. first time DMing. So that's right. And then Kat crushed it as always. Not surprised, but I am impressed. It's just what I expect nowadays. So don't ever let me down. Just so you know, the standard is really high now. So no oh pressure. <laughs> but as soon as you're anything less than excellent, you will be a disappointment in my eyes. Just need you to know that. 
It'll never happen. <laughs> You're goddamn right. And that's what makes you cat. Speaking of cat, you've been cat. You've been Zach. You've both been my lovely guest. Yes, I have. The RSS public feed. You have been my captive audience. I've been your host as always, The White Shadow. And together, all of us, we are out. Bye. Thanks for having us. In this war. Dead medium. Good.